everyone. Welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, CBTPFL. It's Tuesday. It is December 3rd. It's 2019, and we have seven basketball games to talk about here on today's slate. I'm joined by my good buddy, Kyle Murray. Kyle, how are you doing, my friend? Good, man. Good to have a normal uh, Tuesday slate. Normally, especially after the Thanksgiving week, it's been a wacky schedule on Tuesdays, but, you know, good to get back in the normal swing of things. Yeah, I agree. It's nice to, you know, have a nice little seven-game slate here on Tuesday. Like, I, I like these slates. Like, I, I like the slates that are smaller. I'm not a huge fan of 13-game slates. So, a week of normal slates is always fun. Um, so, I'm glad we get to break down this one. I think that, you know, we have quite a bit of injury news already. So, you know, we'll be able to dig into some stuff here as we're going along and uh, really talk about things. But, um, yeah, so – We'll get into that. If you guys haven't already, make sure you head on over to fantasydraft.com. Check out the awesome sponsor of the podcast. Um, you know, we record this each and every day, Monday through Friday, free because Fantasy Draft is an awesome sponsor. So if you want to support the podcast, make sure you head on over there, check them out. They have a $200,000 main event for NFL for this weekend and a $15,000 NBA pick and roll. The only the only rake free DFS site out there. So if you want to play rake free DFS, make sure you're checking out fantasy draft memberships pay for themselves fast, play a thousand dollars in, in entries for six bucks and, you know, do the math on that. And you only need to play. What is it like a 200 and something dollars or something like that to pay off the rake of six bucks, or it's probably even less than that. So make sure you're checking them out. Give them a shout over there. Yeah. Cause rake on, break break on 100 bucks would be what 15 bucks so like even in your first 100 bucks you're gonna pay for that so make sure you're checking that out um, let's get started on this slate let's dig in here we start with detroit at cleveland 214 and a half total here detroit's favored by two in this game reggie jackson is still out john henson's questionable and then osman is questionable on the cleveland side of things so let's start here with detroit we love big men against Cleveland. It's no secret. It's been a thing for years now. You know, it's been a little better this season. They've been rebounding a little bit better, but still a team that, you know, big guys tend to crush. Uh, what do you like here for Detroit? Yeah, you know, it's, it is always a good spot to attack these. Uh, it's Cleveland defense. Um, but, yeah, big men stand out on Detroit here, Drummond and Griffin, especially Griffin over on Fandle where he's only 7400 Really good price over there for him. So those are always the two options that I look at on Detroit. Other than that, it's really hard to to get anywhere because these wings guys, they really uh, – it's either Tony Snell taking on, you know, the bulk of the minutes. We know how inefficient he is with uh, Mr. Sit in the corner and hope to hit a few threes here and there. Uh, we have we have seen Lynx and Galloway getting the uh, starting lineup even with Tony Snell back here and there. So that's something to monitor. If he's starting, uh, you could look to him for him to pick up a few extra minutes. And, you know, I wouldn't hate that, especially at near mid price. Um, so I guess it'd be Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond, and then maybe a sprinkle of uh, Langston Galloway and, and Luke Kennard for me. Yeah, like Derrick Rose has been absolutely crushing, but like he's just not playing enough minutes where I trust him even on a seven-game slate. Maybe on a three-game slate, um, I could trust Derrick Rose playing, you know, 20 minutes here, crushing at 30 fantasy points a night. But at this point, like I, I just – I can't trust anything that we're getting minutes-wise out of him. Like I, I like Blake. I like Drummond. Probably wouldn't play them together. Really like Blake's price. You know, I don't worry about the last time out against San Antonio. They absolutely crushed that game. Um, so, I don't worry about the minutes. He's been right around 30 minutes. At 6,700, he has 40-plus point upside, even though he really hasn't shown it this season. We know he, we know it's there. Like, we, we know that Blake Griffin has 50-plus point upside. So, um, Drummond's probably my favorite. But, 
you know, at his price, you know, I, I wouldn't say he's a favorite on this slate, but he he's certainly up there. And I don't mind the Luke Kennard call. If you're if you're playing a bunch of tournament teams, you want probably want to sprinkle him in here. Um, on the Cleveland side of things, you know, we saw Kevin Love last time out against the Bucks. You know, get back over 30 minutes. You know, he's been kind of floating around in the mid 20s ever since the injury. Is this a spot at 7K, the lowest price he's been? since the beginning of the season that we just jump on it and hope that like we get that ceiling game. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I get to it a whole lot. Um, I, I guess I'd even prefer Griffin at, you know, 300 less over on DraftKings at the same price. And there are some other forwards that we're going to get to uh, that I like at, at similar price range or even cheaper. Um, so I don't hate it. You know, I can never really hate on Kevin Love entirely. He's always a guy who does go overlooked. Nobody really ever wants to, you know, make an effort to get Kevin Love into lineups. So he's always pretty contrarian. So I always like that. But when it comes down to just positional, I guess, options here, I prefer some other spots. And uh, and this is not a great matchup for him, not, you know, one that he can't beat by any means, but they should be, you know, in a pace down spot compared to, uh, you know, how Detroit does play. So I don't know if I love it, uh, no pun intended, but I don't definitely don't hate it. Yeah, both these teams, two of the slower, you know, pace teams, you mentioned pace here, like, Cleveland's 24th, Detroit's 26th. Like, it's no secret that both of these teams play at a really slow pace. So, you know, even with this game sitting at 214 and a half, I feel like that's a higher total for both of these teams. So, um, definitely expect some points to be scored here. I like the Detroit side of this game a little bit more than I like the Cleveland side. Um, defensive reasons, too. So, Moving on, we got Orlando at Washington, two set, 227 and a half total here. Washington's favored by one and a half. Vooch is still out. Um, Menu is going to be out for a while. Michael Carter-Williams is doubtful. And then on the Washington side, C.J. Miles is still out. The Orlando Magic, you know, ha- has, has been a nice source of value here recently. Like Aaron Gordon still kind of floating, you know, in that early stages of 30 minutes. He really hasn't had that big game. I feel like it's coming, though, and, like, I feel like Evan Fournier is going to be pretty chalky here. He's been, you know, putting up 20 shots a night, and he's been absolutely crushing. And Isaac has been playing really good as well. The Magic are kind of shorthanded now that Aminu's out as well. But you're going to have to talk me off of Aaron Gordon going up against Washington at 5,700. Yeah, it's hard to talk you off of it. You know, he has struggled a lot recently. But theoretically, this is a spot that you have to like at least somebody from the Magic here. And, you know, with with no Vooch, I think the guy here for me is Gordon, especially with the price bumps from Isaac and Fournier. Uh, Gordon hasn't had that price bump due to how, how much he struggled. So, you know, I, I like Gordon here pretty much uh, as, as much as it is tough to say. I think Gordon is the guy here. You know, Washington, top of the league in pace and bottom of the league in defense efficiency. So it's going to be really good for uh, – fantasy production on the other side so yeah I guess Aaron Gordon's the guy for me from from the match today and I like Fultz too like pace up spot Fultz has been playing right around 30 minutes like he just seems to be fitting in more and more every time I you know I watch him play and you know you look at this spot and like you said like Orlando's 28th in pace there's no bigger bump on well I guess 30th the first but there's no bigger bump than playing a team that's first in pace and being 28th so and playing in Washington. This game's going to be fast. This game's going to move a lot. You know, this is going to be a spot where I think you're going to want to target the Orlando Magic and not being a homer here. Um, you know, I, I like a lot of the Magic here. I like Terrence Ross, if you want to go that route. He played 29 minutes the other night um, with Aminu out. We kind of have a blueprint of, you know, what he's going to do off the bench. He gets all the usage with that second unit. DJ Augustine's always looking for Terrence Ross, so – 
I really like this spot for the Magic. I think you can end up playing, you know, two, maybe potentially three of these guys because I don't feel like they're overpriced either. And this is just – this is a spot you want to attack the Magic. Yeah, I like Ross a lot as well. Uh, Fultz is definitely an interesting one. I think people are going to kind of push him to the side because, you know, even just a week ago he was 4K, you know, 4.5K, and now his price has shot up a pretty good amount. But the minutes are there, and, you know, he's not – He's not just not making anything out of the, those minutes. He is, you know, his usage rate's pretty solid. And like we have talked about, best matchup you can pretty much get in, in NBA DFS. So Fultz, Ross, and Gordon are the ones for me. I think I agree with those. The other guy who I don't hate taking a shot on is Mo Bamba, a guy who when he plays well will get a, will get a burst in minutes. Um, we saw it in the Cleveland and even the Detroit game where he got 20-plus minutes, 22 in the Cleveland game, 20 in the Detroit game. So, you know, if he plays well, he can get a burst in minutes. So, um, and, you know, he's a really good permanent guy, actually, up near a minute, uh, point per minute. So, I don't mind taking a shot on Bamba. Yeah, even Birch, man. Like, if you're playing on, like, Yahoo or something, he's still, like, yeah. super cheap. Like, this is a dude that at the beginning of the season was asking you to go down to the G League just to get playing time uh, because he was riding the bench for the Magic. So, like, I, I just like – there's so much to like here for the Orlando Magic. It's just, like – it's, it's going to be, the, the like, making sure you don't play four guys, you know, making sure you you, you limit yourself. Um, You know, on the Washington side, if I have all this love for the Orlando Magic, like, I like the idea of running it back just about any time. And we saw Willie Cauley-Stein have a good game against this Magic team the other night. Like, this is a blueprint for Thomas Bryant to have a really good game at 5,600. Um, you know, no Vooch. Birch doesn't have the size. Like, I feel like Thomas Bryant's a really good tournament play today. Yeah, especially if Wagner's out. You know, Wagner's been playing pretty well off the bench, and he's giving Bryant fits for minutes. You know, he's been seeing 20, 25 minutes a game. So, if he's out – you got to assume there's going to be a minute upside game for Thomas Bryant. He saw 30 in the game. I believe that was the other night, Sunday night, against the Clippers where Wagner was out. Didn't necessarily perform well, but that was a tough matchup. And, you know, if we can expect Bryant to get, you know, 30 minutes here in a game where we're going to want to target, I think he would probably be one of the better plays on the slate. He's at 6-3 on FanDuel. Um, that's uh, 5-6 on drafting. So priced really fairly. So Wagner's out. I think he becomes one of the better plays in the slate. Um, you know, Bradley Beal is always in play. Like, we're never going to talk you off Bradley Beal. His usage is insane. He's going to put up a ton of shots. It's just really, you got to classify, like, are you going to pay up for him? Are you going to pay up for somebody else? Um, you know, Bertans has had some really good shooting nights recently. If you want to play a hot hand, it's just like his minutes are all over the place. He's another guy, like if Wagner's out, maybe you take a shot on Bertans because he's going to put up some shots. He's just what a pickup by Washington. Like, man, like that, what an offseason pickup by him, by them. Yeah, Bertans is one of the better uh, 3 and D guys for DFS purposes. He's always active. He's always putting up fantasy points. So, yeah, he is, he is somewhat inconsistent. You know, he can have the big games followed by some, some pretty average games. But um, I do like Bertans in games where it can be fast-paced. It's been like that ever since he was in San Antonio. And, you know, being on Washington, pretty much every game he's in is going to be pretty fast-paced. So, I, I don't hate Bertans. guy I like a little bit is Isaiah Thomas. You know, 4-9 on both sides. The minutes haven't really been great. You know, he's been very up and down. Um, but he is a guy who he gets – when he's on the floor and he has the ball in his hands, he tries to get as many shots up as he can. Sometimes it can be difficult playing alongside Beal, but he does try to get shots up when possible. So, um, with the price coming down on Thomas, I don't hate buying on that. All right, Miami at Toronto in a total on this one. Drogic is out. Kyle Lowry's doubtful. Stanley Johnson. Yeah, that guy's still around. He's out as well. Um Let's start here with Miami. Obviously, Gordon Drogic out. That frees up about 30 minutes to go around. I feel like 
it's tough because like you know Kendrick Nunn and, and like Justice Winslow are the guys you feel like will get the minutes bump, but they're already playing you know twenty five to thirty minutes a night. So I just feel like maybe I don't love this game for what it's worth. Like this is probably one of my least favorite games on the slate, but I do see a road of just a tighter rotation here from Miami, hoping that that's what they do. Maybe like maybe like Hero gets like you know up to thirty and like none plays thirty and like we see this happen, but I personally hope that we don't like see some random minutes from like, I don't even know if Dion waiters is still suspended or something, but like, I I hope we don't see like random minutes from like a Dion waiters or something like uh, Macon that what is Daryl Macon. Like, I I just don't want that to happen. I want to see a tight rotation and I don't want to see like Daryl Macon play minutes. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I guess from, you know, initial reaction type thing, I assume that Hero and Winslow are going to be the one to pick up the minutes. Winslow hasn't really been quite fully worked back into rotation after returning. Outside of the Houston game, they kind of slowed him in against Golden State, 26 minutes, and then last game against Brooklyn, only 29. So he could be a guy, you know, who gets possibly three to four extra minutes here. And, you know, he is a guy that has played point guard for this Miami team in the past. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him, you know, slide back in the starting rotation and play start at the one. Uh, but Tyler Hero should at least pick up a few extra minutes, and if not, at the very least, it'll solidify his 26, 27-minute you know, kind of production that he has been putting up for the most part this year. So I like Hero a little bit, another guy who does produce when he's on the floor, gets shots up. Um, so I never really hate Tyler Hero, especially when I can expect uh, him to get a few extra shots. But like you said, this isn't really a good game environment for DFS. It's kind of the opposite to uh, Washington. These are two really good defensive teams, both in the top five in defensive efficiency, and neither of them are in the top half. Uh, in the top 10 of pace so it's not gonna be too fast paced and it should be really good defensively so not a game that I'm really going out of my way to to target unless this rotation kind of clears up a little bit for me and then when we look at the Toronto side like Van Vliet has been absolutely crushing like nobody can argue that but like even Siakam it's just like are they priced where they should be for a matchup against Miami is what you're going to have to ask yourself. Like, is there potential for ceiling games in this spot for these guys? I'm not saying that it can't happen. I'm not saying that, you know, Powell can't have another ceiling game or have another good game if he shoots the ball well. I'm just saying, like, when I'm looking at seven games and I'm looking at this game, it's like this game and the Lakers game are just – they're just kind of unappealing to me, and I can kind of almost make it a five-game slate. Yeah, I think you definitely have a point there. I think with Siakam, um, as long as he's not, you know, 10K or anything, I think he can always have a ceiling game. I think he's that good of a, of a, of a fantasy player and, you know, a real NBA player. I think he's that good. Um, and I think he can beat any matchup. He's very, very versatile. He can, you know, score inside and out. So I think Siakam, as long as he's not, you know, extremely expensive, you know, I would say 10K would probably be the mark for me on Fandle, probably 9.5 or 10K on, on, on DK as well. I think that's probably the limit for me. For Van Vliet, I think he's pretty close to that that mark where a, a ceiling game is, you know, a, a real ceiling game would be, you know, probably 45, uh, 50 at that price tag. So tough for Van Vliet at this price tag where he's 8-2 on Fandle. I think he's 7-5. Yeah, 7-5 on DraftKings. So that's a little bit tougher for me. But Siakam, I think, is a really good play. And he's another guy who people just always overlook because he's kind of in a weird pricing range where he's not necessarily mid-tier. He's not necessarily a stud. So I think he always goes overlooked. So I always like Siakam. Yeah, uh, I can get behind that. That's fun. Uh, moving on to probably everybody's favorite game on this slate. We got Dallas at New Orleans, 233.5 total here. Dallas favored by 3.5. Uh, Dallas, good to go. New Orleans favors is out. Kendrick Williams is out. And Darius Miller still out. Like, 
in, in what world don't we play Luca in this game? <laughs> like, I know, like, he, he's had games where he's bust, and we, we, you know, we had a game not too long ago against the Clippers where it was a small slate and, like, he busted it, but, like, how is he not your top play on this slate? Like, you know, you obviously Harden's on the slate, LeBron's on the slate, Anthony Davis on the slate. You know, we have all these guys on this slate, but like, you know, Luca is by far and clear my my top option on this slate. Yeah, it's really hard not to fall in love with Luca here, and you know, I do think he is probably my top play here. Really good matchup. Uh, New Orleans is really bad defensively, and they play at a very fast pace. They really struggle to defend guys in isolation and also in transition, which happens to be two of the spots where Luca flourishes. So, you know, overall, it's really hard to kind of get away from Luca here. The price tag, I don't think, is anything to be worried about, especially on DraftKings where you get bonuses for all that good stuff over there. So, I love Luca here. Yeah, fantasy draft, you get the bonus as well. So, like, I just – he's clear-cut for me. Um, I think Porzingis is really interesting in this spot too. Like, if everybody's going to play Luca. Like, Porzingis has upside in this matchup, but, like, Luca is just taking so much usage that, like, Porzingis has these good games. It's just, like, we're just not sealing ceiling games out of him. Like, and, and, like, when you look at the rest of this team, it's just, like, Luca is getting so much usage that it's just hard to really trust anybody. Like, Tim Hardaway is going to have nights where he shoots the ball well because Luca's going to get him open shots, but it, it's just it, – it's just hard – to choose these guys like Tim Hardaway would probably be my second, my, my second favorite from Dallas just because of price and knowing who's passing him the ball and knowing this matchup, but it's tough to trust it. Like it's a large field tournament play. Yeah. I, I do think that th- these guys overall, they don't correlate the best, but I don't think they're the worst pairing. Um, I think through the first six or seven games, they, I went back and looked and throughout for I think four or five of them, they correlated really well. And I think most of that is game script, you know, how close the game is, how many points they score. Um, but you're right. I do think it is really hard to justify rostering Luca at this particular price tag and hoping for that ceiling game and then kind of expecting the same from Porzingis. It is really difficult to do that and have those expectations. Um, Porzingis, you know, you do get obviously a pretty big discount. And he is one of those guys that I mentioned when talking about Kevin Love, how I do like him a lot in, in this particular price range. So, Maybe if, I, if there's a lineup where I want to spend up and, you know, get somebody like, uh, I don't know, Anthony Davis or James Harden, I think it would be a good spot to go to Porzingis in that lineup. Um, outside of that, as far as Dallas goes, I don't really see anything else. Um, you know, Powell could potentially have a good game here. But, like, you know, I don't, I don't trust any of these bigs. I feel like, you know, we'll get value elsewhere. Um, let's talk New Orleans. You know, obviously with some injuries here with Favors, Williams, like, is this a spot that, like, Hayes started the second half of that game against the Thunder the other night after Okafor just couldn't get the job done? Like, Hayes is 4,400. Okafor is 4,200. Like, is this a potential value spot? And what else do you like here for the New Orleans Pelicans? Yeah. Yeah, I think if Hayes gets in the starting lineup, I'll definitely have a pretty significant amount of interest. And they should just be starting him from the from the get-go. I mean, he's so much better than Okafor. He's he's so talented, and he's really good for fantasy purposes too, pretty good uh, permanent producer. So I like Hayes a pretty good amount, and uh, I do think this will be a pretty good matchup for him. And, you know, it is it should be somewhat fast-paced because of the pace of the Pelicans play at their, their fifth in pace. And um, so I do think it's a really good spot for Hayes, and especially at the price has come down to uh, – to the spot that he was at when he was, you know, getting the start night in, night out. Uh, anything else for the Pelicans that you like here? Uh, I, I think Holiday's always in consideration as well as Ingram. Don't love the price tags on either of them. 
Um, so I don't get to them a whole lot. But I do think if we kind of expect Lonzo Ball to play a similar amount of minutes, 32 minutes is what he played in that Oklahoma City game. I think if we expect him to play that, um, I think I have to have some interest at the price tag that he's at. I know it's not, you know, an incredible matchup, but uh, 5-4 on DraftKings and 6-2 on FanDuel for a guy like Lonzo who should be one of the primary ball handlers on a team that plays fifth in pace and should play 30-plus minutes. I do think he needs to be at least mentioned. Yeah, and like, you know, Ingram, for for what it's worth, like over the last 10 games, he's put up at least 40 fantasy points in nine of those games in the game that he didn't, he put up 39. So, like, you know, he really hasn't had like ceiling games, but man, like, you know, just floor and production wise, like this is the lowest price tag he's been, you know, since towards the end of November, middle of November. So I don't love the price, but I think like Ingram would be an interesting run back for Luca. Um, you know, if you're going to get value elsewhere and, and just take two studs from this game and hope this game stays close. And if this game stays close, like, probably getting a lot of the production from both sides with Ingram and Luca. So it's a stack that I like, but obviously you're going to have to hit on it. Like Ingram's going to have right. to have a game like where he does, you know, 50, you know, 55 plus games. So, but he, he's very capable um, because the shots and minutes and usage are all there um, for Ingram right now. He has taken at least double digit shots now, I think in like 12 or 13 straight games. Yeah, definitely. I think you pretty much nailed it there. Um, I Back to the stacking thing, I do think it makes a whole lot of sense to, if you have Luca or, or Porzingis or both, to have at least one or two of these guys because, you know, we've seen Luca continue to get, you know, to the, that ceiling mark, you know, in that game against Golden State was the notable one. The Phoenix game, I think, was, uh, was one that he didn't play. Oh, the Cleveland game, sorry, he didn't play the minutes in that one. And he's got there, he's got the ceiling game in limited time, but, you know, you can't consistently – count on a guy to go out and perform the way he has in you know 25 to 28 minutes playing time so you want the game to stay close so bringing it back with a guy like Ingram or Holiday or Ball makes a whole lot of sense all right um let's go on here we got Houston at San Antonio no total in this game you know we're waiting on LaMarcus Aldridge news Eric Gordon's still out there Daniel House is questionable and then like I said LaMarcus Aldridge is questionable um Houston side of things here you know it's three guys. It's Harden, it's Westbrook, it's Capella. I, if, if I'm looking at it, probably don't end up on any of these guys today. But, like, you know, if you're going to pay up and not play Luka, I think, you know, Harden is probably your next best option. Yeah, I think there's still a stigma around the Spurs team that they're a, a solid defensive team because, you know, it's a Greg Popovich coach team. They've always been solid defensively in the past. And you know, I, might, I might be, you know, overselling that, but this is one of the worst defensive teams in the league. They're 27th in defensive efficiency. They're extremely weak at allowing points in the paint. So this could be a really good spot for Capella to just feast. And, you know, fast break points, they give up, you know, top five in the league and opponents are scoring top five in the fast break. So really good spot for Westbrook, really good spot for Harden and a really good spot for Capella. So picking these guys is going to be tough. I like all three of them. Um, don't really recommend having, you know, two of them or three of them in the same lineup. Um, but I do like Capella. I think he'd probably be my, my second option, probably behind Harden. Um, and then on the Spurs side of things, like we saw massive ownership um, for DeRozan the other night and Rudy Gay the other night. Um, I like DeRozan here. I think that, like, DeRozan has massive upside. We know that Houston is not a great team defending the perimeter. And, like, we know DeRozan is not a guy that likes to shoot behind the three-point line, but he is a guy that likes to step in, like, three three feet and shoot. So, 
I, I don't mind him. Like, man, I feel like I feel like DeJounte Murray would be an absolute lock if he was playing 30 minutes in this game, but he's not. It, it's just – I think my favorite play from the Spurs is DeRozan. But if we get news that LaMarcus is going to play, it was only a thigh injury. If he's good to go, he's good to go. Yeah, it's, it's always a really good spot to attack this Houston team. They give up so many points, and, you know, they play at a really fast pace. So a lot of opportunities for – Fantasy points on the other side. I agree with you about Murray. That's one of the most frustrating things ever. You know, you just want to you just want to watch him play basketball, and they're running him out there for 22 minutes a game. Uh, so maybe you know, towards the end of the year, we'll see him pick up some more minutes per game. But um, but for now, yeah, I do think there are still some spots you can get to. Um, Brent Forbes is a guy I have some interest in. He's three eight on DraftKings. This Houston team is third in in three point attempts allowed, and you know, for whatever reason that is, it's probably because they're playing at such a fast pace. It a little bit of a leaky defense. I like Forbes a good amount. He plays a ton of minutes, and he does shoot the ball when he's out there. So uh, Forbes is a guy I have a lot of interest in here. Um, yeah, and then DeRozan, especially if LaMarcus Aldridge is out, you got to assume, you know, with Murray not really playing at all, DeRozan's going to be the main usage guy here. So those are probably the main two for me, and then some interest in Gay if Aldridge does sit. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if, like, this is a game like Derek White gets up, like, five to eight three-pointers, too. Yeah. Like, randomly, like, you know, he, he's the guy that benefits the most from Murray not playing a lot. So, uh, moving on, we got the Lakers and the Nuggets. 2-11 total here. Denver's favored by one. Uh, really, the only injury news that we have here is Avery Bradley still out. Um, again, not a game that I love. Like, you know, you look at it and, you know, you can always play LeBron. You can always play Anthony Davis. Um you know, you can always play these guys, but, like, it's hard for me to justify either one of those guys over Luka um, on this slate. Like, it's just been, like, Anthony Davis has had, you know, a few games in the 60s, but really hasn't had that, like, monster 70, 80-point game. And, you know, LeBron has been a guy that consistently in the 50s and 60s, and I just – I don't know if that's going to be enough on this slate. Yeah, I think this will be something that I have to monitor ownership projections closer to lock. I think, you know, if it's a if it's a day where we possibly see one of these guys under ten percent projected ownership, I'll have a pretty good amount of interest in just because like you said, you can always play them and in a spot where it is a tough matchup, people might, you know, look the other way. So I do think I will have some interest in there. If it's a you know a good spot ownership wise, like you said, it's a really tough matchup and this game is gonna be another one where it's kind of a defensive showdown. Both of these teams are pretty good defensively. So um, I think it'll be mainly an ownership play if I do get to one of these studs. Another guy to somewhat monitor, I suppose, is JaVale McGee. He has been seeing an up-and-down, you know, action of minutes. You know, 15 to 20 is kind of where he sits at, but we've seen him, you know, burst here for 21 minutes the other day. And, you know, when he does get the minutes, he performs pretty well. So, um, you know, if there's a, a reason to project maybe 20 to 22 minutes for McGee, he'd be a guy that I have some interest in. Yeah, it's just really tough to trust who they're going to throw out there against Jokic. Yeah. Um, you know, and if, if McGee's out there, is he going to get in foul trouble against Jokic? It's just – I don't know. I, I get what you're saying on the ownership on LeBron or Anthony Davis. If you ever get these guys at low ownership, like, they always make a ton of sense when that happens. It's just – like, I'm not seeking these guys out. Uh, I'm not seeking anybody out right. in this game. Like, you know, my favorite play from this game – is probably Will Barton, and it's just because he's shooting the ball really well right now, and I feel like hot hands is a thing, and, like, he's 6,100, and a guy he's put up at least 40 fantasy points in three straight games. But, like, I'm not – I'm not, I'm just not seeking anybody out here. Like, is there anybody on Denver? Like, Denver plays at the slowest pace in the NBA, and the Lakers play at the ace slowest. Like, this game's going to be slow. It has the lowest total on the slate for a reason. 
Yeah, there's not really much I like here. Um, Jokic is extremely hard to get to, especially considering the pricing that he's at and the position where I do like some value guys here at center. Um, and like you said, tough matchup. I guess Jokic would be the guy that I would prefer here, but like I said, not really too high on him there. Barton is is okay. I, I agree with you there. He, is, he has been on a tear recently, um, and I, I guess I'd prefer that on DraftKings. On FanDuel, he's almost 7K, so um, probably don't get to him a whole lot there, but on DraftKings, where he's 6-1, I don't mind. All right, last game on the slate. We got Portland at LA taking on the Clippers. 229 total here. Uh, Clippers favored by nine in this game. Collins is still out on Portland. Jermichael Green, really the only question mark that we have here. Shamit and Magruder are still out. Um, let's start here with the Portland side of things. Is there anybody standing out to you here for Portland? Uh, this one's tough. You know, the, the Clippers play at a pretty fast pace, but they're really good defensively. Um, you know, always have interest in Lillard. He's kind of a guy who it really depends on how he's shooting the ball that night. You really need him to score a lot to uh, kind of have a ceiling game here. But at 8-4 on DraftKings, I don't mind that. Um, but when he's, you know, same position as Luka and Russell Westbrook, for that matter, it's going to be tough for me to get to him. But, you know, that those two names being around him can mean lower ownership. So some interest there. But other than that, I, I don't think I'm getting to too much uh, Portland interest here. I think it's mainly just Lillard for me. Yeah, like if you're playing large field tournaments, maybe you take a shot on Melo just because he's shooting a ton. We know that Melo is yeah. going to shoot a ton. And like we have about two or three more weeks before 35-year-old legs set in on Melo um, for like until we start to see. And like he has 40-point upside at 6,300. So he's not the worst play. He's going to have low ownership. He's always going to have low ownership. So I don't hate it. Don't love it. Um, like you said, the defense here is the, is the thing you're, you know, most concerned with, but yeah, not a lot standing out to me as far as Portland goes. Lillard, like you said, is always in play. I don't hate Whiteside here. I could see Whiteside on a road. I, I could see a road to Whiteside having a good game here. Like he put up 48 fantasy points the first time these two teams met. So at 8k, it's a, it's a little bit tougher to fit him in at that price, but like he's a guy that I would consider like if I if I'm looking at some pieces on the Clippers side to run it back with and you know let's talk Clippers here you know you got Kawhi at 8700 you got Paul George at 8200 you know they're two of the highest priced guys they've kind of hurt each other usage wise you know Lou and Harrell are always interesting in close games um what are you doing here with the Clippers yeah I think there's got to be something I like here just considering it is a really good matchup um the guy that I think I'm leaning to is is Lou Williams. You know, we, like you said, Leonard and George have kind of hurt each other consistently, you know, with, you know, taking shots away from each other, taking usage away. But, you know, Lou Williams has remained pretty steady with, you know, his usage. And I get that he's played every game while, you know, Le, Le, uh, Leonard and Paul George are sitting, you know, the first end or the second end of back-to-back. I'm not sure if they have a game um, on the second half there's back to, if there's a back-to-back here, but um, that is something to at least monitor. There's, they're always going to sit one half, you know, especially Kawhi. But, you know, Lou Williams is a guy that doesn't really lose shots. He doesn't really lose usage. He's not really priced up, you know, with those guys. So, I think Lou would probably be number one for me um, from the Clippers. Yeah, luckily we don't have to worry about a back-to-back here. Portland's on a back-to-back. Like, they play the Kings on Wednesday. But, yeah, we don't have to worry about it. And the Lakers are on a back-to-back. But, um, yeah, like, let's play the morning grind game and then we'll get out of here. Like, there's just not I- – I wouldn't talk you out of any of these guys, but, like – it would probably be like Lou Williams or somebody that just like I know has ceiling and who's cheap, but you know, it's just, it's not my favorite spot. And it's a game with a 229 total. So like if you're mass multi-entering, maybe you stack a few, few times with this game because like 
this game has the potential to be really good. The Clippers implied total is one of the highest on the slate. So like, don't just overlook it. Right. But you know, like if I'm looking at a game, I like the Washington Orlando game a lot more than I like this game. So, um, all right, give me your favorite play under 5k to seven X on this one. Uh, my favorite one under 5k. Uh, I thought Lonzo ball was going to hit that mark, but he's just over it. So I'm going to go with, uh, Justice Winslow, who is he's four nine, barely makes the cut, but I think he could possibly get the start at the point guard position, and I think he could uh, see an uptick in usage in minutes here. All right, I'm going same game, different guy. Tyler Hero is the guy that I'm going to take here. I think it's going to be one of those two guys that has a really good game. Maybe they both get there, but they're cheap. Not the best matchup, but hey, we'll take we'll take cheap and a minutes increase. Uh, over eight K to go under five X. Who's your bust today? Uh, I'm going to go with Jokic as my, my biggest bust. You know, really tough matchup here against the Lakers, and especially for, you know, the big men here. You know, you have to deal with that huge, huge backcourt, you know, with Howard, McGee, and, and Davis, and then LeBron, who is probably the biggest point guard ever. So, yeah, I'll go with Jokic. All right. Like, you um, disinvited. You know, you can't take Jokic as a fade. That's my, like, automatic every day. Um <laughs> I'm joking. Like, I think it's going to be like, I think my, my bust today is Paul George and it has nothing to do with Paul George. It's just like when I'm looking at people in this price range with Kawhi, it'd be one of Kawhi or George. Like, you know, that's just, and I, I hate to say it by default, but you know, when I'm looking at it, uh, give me your favorite six X play on the slate. Uh, I'm hoping that this one will, you know, not have anything to do with injury, but I'm going to assume Wagner is going to sit this one out. And then Thomas Bryant's going to be my favorite six X pick. Oh, I like that one. That's a good one. I, I'm, I'm, I'm all aboard that train. I like that one a lot. Um, I'm gonna go. I've said it a million times this podcast. I'm going Luca. I hardly ever go up in this game, but I'm going Luca. I love Luca today. Um, I just want to make that point one more time before you know we get out of here. Uh, give me your let's get weird GPP play of the day. I'm hoping this one will be weird because nobody's really wanted to play him all year. I know he has been banged up. Um, but even back when he was healthy, it's been Lonzo Ball. No one's really wanted to play him. He's underpriced, so people might get to him, but I'm assuming he's going to be off the board, and uh, I'm going to go with Lonzo Ball. I like that one. I like that one. We're, we're kind of thinking the same here. We're both on the point guard train. I'm going to go on the point guard train with Fultz. Um, I really like Fultz today in this really high pace and really uptick in pace matchup. I hope he's low. I think that Fournier, I think Isaac, I think Gordon get a lot of the ownership, and I just hope that Fultz is the forgotten piece of the Orlando Magic um, train here. So that's what I'm looking at. Uh, let's go game selection question here. Give me a game that you're looking at, favorite DFS contest, and uh, reason why. Uh, so for me, I've been working on you know MMAing lately. Never really got into that too much in the NBA, so – the uh, NBA layup contest over on FanDuel. It's a $9 buy-in, 10K to first, and then 4K to second. So the, the payout structure is pretty decent, 20% um, to first place, and uh, it pays out to 23% of the field. So that's a little bit more than normal. Um, so, yeah, the NBA layup I think is pretty solid. $9 buy-in, like I said, 150 max. Um, so I like that contest. All right, um, I'm going to go here, and I'm going to go FanDuel too. I should coordinate this better so we can get multiple sides, but – um, I'm going opposite of you, though. I'm going single entry. Uh, love this $25 single entry tournament over there on FanDuel. It's a 22K NBA and one. Uh, pays 22.5% of the field. First place is only getting 9%. So 
if you're working on single entry tournaments, if you're a mid stakes player, even if you're like you're a low stakes player and you're playing like $25 in tournaments a night, like this might be the tournament that is best for you. Um, you know, min cash is two X, which I always like to see top 10, less than, less than 40%, which I like to see. So I think this tournament over there on FanDuel is definitely one that you want to check out really good payout structure. Um, and definitely something for my mid stakes, low stakes, high stakes. Like I play this tournament all the time. Um, you know, I'll throw in my main lineup and almost all the single entry tournaments over there on FanDuel when I'm, when I'm playing over there. So make sure you're checking that out. Uh, let's finish it off. Kyle here with your favorite over under on this slate. Uh, I'm going to take the Lakers and Denver under. See, I like that one a lot. Like I, this game screams like, 95 90 to me yeah. like yeah, that's kind of like what i'm hoping for anyway um i'm gonna take the over in the washington orlando game i think i made it very clear that i'm very high on this game so i'm gonna optimally optimistically think that this game is gonna go over this total um i think that vooch being off the floor could potentially help the magic go faster too so yeah. um i'm hoping that we see really fast-paced game here in washington kyle any final thoughts before we get out of here uh, no, I think it's a really good slate, especially to uh, kind of not take into account what people have done in the past. So guys like Lonzo Ball, even Thomas Bryant could be a whole new slate for guys like that today, considering they've had some bad games in, uh, in recent memory or have been injured. So I think it's a good spot to just forget the past and focus on this one. Nice seven-game slate. I think it's a good one, and uh, good luck to everyone. All right, that's going to wrap it up here for Tuesday. We'll be back tomorrow talking some more NBA. Kyle, appreciate you joining us. Uh, hope everyone has an awesome night, and we'll see you guys again tomorrow.